Today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at SeatGeek, the best and easiest to use ticket platform out there. They take the confusion out of buying tickets using a 0 to 10 scoring system and a green is good, red is bad color rating system so you and your loved ones get the best deal possible. So whether it's going to see our beloved Red Legs at Great American Ballpark, the Bengals over at Paycor, FC Cincinnati, one of the area college teams, or pretty much anything in between, use promo code RIVERFRONT at checkout and receive $20 off your first order. Click the link in the show notes to download the app and get started. That's Riverfront, one word, for 20 bucks off. very long weeks so i gotta make this one count people hello (laughs) everybody what up what up what up my name is tim daniel his name is ben brown welcome back to late night reds here on the riverfront for our first episode of 2024 and ben we brought back up this week baby oh yeah absolutely absolutely we brought i saw i've never I, I knew for a little bit that mike wrote for reds content plus but i also mostly knew mike because he was always in our slack chat as a patron of the riverfront which we are obviously very appreciative of but mike had a fantastic article this week on Reds Content Plus that we're going to talk about through the show. And why don't I actually just get it? I don't know, just give you guys his name before we just talk about everything. I guess that would be important. Joining us this week from Reds Content Plus, loyalty to the riverfront, Mike Perry. What's hey. up, buddy? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is uh, this is tons of fun. I was really excited when you guys asked me to be on the show. Oh, uh, you mentioned you brought backup. I don't know what had to go wrong for me to qualify as the backup, but <laughs> I, uh, I'm happy to be here. I'll do the best I can. I I have faith in you, and that's why I said, Mike, we got to have you on. Oh, I appreciate it. You guys can't see it. My dog is whining behind the camera right now. She keeps, she's having trouble getting to me, and uh, she's she's not happy. So hopefully, we'll, we'll see if she starts whining louder. You may hear her on camera here pretty soon. That's all right. So, I mean, I, I, we were talking about this a little bit before we started. So Thursday, I filled in on the riverfront for Chad with Nate. And my daughter got very involved in the show because I was babysitting at the same time. And so um, it's always a welcome when 
children or pets decide to say hello on late night red so don't worry about it oh yeah absolutely absolutely sounds great i appreciate it well guys it's been three weeks our last episode was the christmas song draft which did very very well Thank you, everyone, whether you tuned in live or tuned in later. Gave us your gave us your thoughts on what we did, what we didn't do. Uh, we appreciate it. That was so much fun. We're mm-hmm. so excited to get started for 2024. Um, and look, folks, we are just 81 days away from welcoming back Nick Senzel on opening day. I can't wait. Does he get a tribute video? I think he does. Oh, yeah. Let's do I mean, it. He, he got a thank you graphic. So yeah, you no, know he'll definitely get a tribute video. And he got a thank you video. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I know I know this is a very pro Nick Nicholas Peterson Zell audience. Um, so I am very, very appreciative. I know Scott Scott is the only person that he's in the chat right now that actually had me beat in the fandom levels. Um, except for well, Chad, I guess, got to have do an article on him back then. But um we're gonna die to get into this obviously we're gonna get talked about a few things but i'm stoked to be here and the idea of today's show guys we're getting back we're getting in the swing of things we're gonna just talk about the offseason so far and uh i guess according to if you listen to general managers which you should not ever do Mm-mm. um th- there's no more signings coming the reds way um but if that is the case let's check this out so the question here is did the reds do enough this offseason additions frankie montas Jimer Candelario, Nick Martinez, Emilio Pagan, and Justin Brule. And before anyone says anything, yes, I know Buck Farmer resigned. I know uh, Luke Maley resigned. I know a few other things. I just I'm doing additions, and uh-huh. um, Buck Farmer it looks more or less like his role is going to be a little bit decreased from last year, uh, yeah. which is probably a good thing for everyone around. So Ben, I ask you this first because Mike has a lot of content here to get to with his article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. Um, <laughs> in your eyes, did this team do enough? And what I mean by enough is not necessarily, uh, are they going to win the World Series in 2024? Because obviously the answer to that is yes. Right, right. But did they not do enough to win the Central? Did they do enough to have a wild card spot? Did they do enough to keep playing past September? Um, In my eyes, in my humble opinion, I think they did. Um, and only because I, I feel like they hit on things um, that they needed to hit on, which was pitching um, another starting another veteran, um, you know, just just things that they were looking to hit on in the offseason. They hit on. Um, I know everybody was looking for the big home run swing, the big name, the big this like, like free agency isn't it isn't over. And I, I mean, I know the Reds say they, they're done spending money. But like you said, you can never listen to GMs when they say that stuff. There's, there may be guys out there that are still on their radar. There's maybe still guys that they're talking to. You just don't know. But if you if you stopped right now and you looked at who they signed, they hit the spots they wanted to hit. They got the guys back that they wanted to get back. They signed the people that they wanted to sign. And I, I think that I think that you got, like I said, you got a veteran arm. You got relief help. You got the things that you were looking. You got another infielder, which that was kind of strange. But um, – but they hit on things that they wanted to hit on. They brought some veteran guys in, knowing that some veteran guys were leaving. Guys that have been a part of some winning, winning things, winning attitudes, winning cultures. So for me, yeah, I, I think so. I think they, I think they did a, a pretty good job. Mike, what do you, what do you kind of feel about everything? Yeah, it's close. So um, if 
if anyone reads the article, what you'll what you'll see is I look at projected weighted runs created plus and ERA plus, which is just a stat that compares players to the average. 100 is average. Anything above 100 would be above average. And I just wanted to see, you know, if if they perform to their projections, what would be the win loss total of that team? Uh, and so the offense is projecting to be above average at about a 101 to 103 which would be like an 83, 84-win team, something like that. The pitching is projecting to be average right now. Uh, and so if you put the two of those things together, what ends up happening is you get a team that wins about 82 to 83 games. So basically last year's Reds. Mm -hmm. uh, now, this doesn't take into account other things, like defense is not factored in here at all. Uh, the bullpen is not factored in at all. I think the bullpen is going to be improved this year over last year. Um, it doesn't take into account, you know, if they make any trade deadline acquisitions or anything like that. Uh, so what I, what, what I say in the article is the 2024 Reds are Ellie De La Cruz. They've got a pretty high ceiling. They also have a pretty low floor and they will be mm -hmm. exciting every time they play. So that's my thoughts. After watching the Lakers for half a basketball season, I can't take any more high ceiling, low floor teams. <laughs> so you're not really making me feel better. <laughs> And, what, you know, Tim, I'm, I'm with you. I, I've been a Reds fan my whole life, so I, I'm used to heartbreak and pain. And, and yeah. like, you know what? let's not make it a stressful year. Let's win every single game. How about that? Yeah. Let's, I'm in. I, 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 let's make it boring because we're just that good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Tim, what, what do you what do you think about the moves? Like, like I I feel like I feel like um, you know if you're looking at them against the Central too, I think that that was that was a pretty cool thing that we made some moves and we're able to we're able to battle in the central what are your thoughts yeah i think that's kind of the biggest thing in all this um if you look at st louis i to get sunny gray and that just hurts on yeah that does level. hurt that one that um, one hurt yeah but the other guys they added lance land kyle gibson i'm not sitting there like oh man that's a needle mover uh though they're projected i believe to win the central right now if you look at fan graphs um milwaukee Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember any moves they made. Mm -mm. I don't think there was one. I mean, you know, it's they're dealing with Brandon Woodruff being gone for the year with his injury. Um, and then all these guys that like are their kind of their main contributors, you've heard, well, they might not be on the team. Right. And so it's like, okay, so what and what they're a they? year older. There's that. Um I'm iffy on the Cubs. Strictly in the case that I do believe we're gonna end up hearing in the next couple of days they got Cody Bellinger back. It just kind of feels like it's treading that way at this point. Um, and Justin Steele is really good. Mm -hmm. And I think Kyle Hendricks, depending the year, is either terrific or awful. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, what was their big move? They signed a backup catcher to a minor league contract with an invitation to Major League Spring Training so far. Yep. So that kind of makes you feel good. Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, my favorite team in the universe, the Pittsburgh Pirates, who still have Mitch Keller. And that's about the nicest thing you can say about them. Um, joking aside, I, I do really like, I do really like Henry Davis. I don't know if they know what the, what the idea is for him because he is a catcher, but he was playing right field last year uh, just to kind of get his bat in the lineup. I don't know if they heard, but the National League added a designated hitter in 2020. Maybe that might be a better option for him. Um <laughs> David brings up a great point. I totally forgot. The Cubs really did have the biggest, the second biggest acquisition in the central getting Craig council. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. that was a huge, huge gift for them and the brewers yeah. not, you know, not having their leader uh, kind of makes things a little difficult, but yeah, I think compared to the central, I'm very happy. 
Um, I believe that they did a lot of right moves. You mentioned they didn't get the quote-unquote home run swing. The, the idea is Frankie Montas is going to be the number one starter, which yeah. has shown the capability to be. I mean, he was a Cy Young candidate with Oakland his last full year there. Um, I don't fault him at all for not working out with the Yankees. That mm. happens, right? Yeah, I mean, especially, especially in the middle of the season trade, and then you're injured. That is a yeah. lot to overcome. So I'm excited about that signing. I'm excited how the contract plays out. Not that I necessarily care about money, but the options make it look even better. Um, yeah. And I think, like you kind of said, like you suspect these guys are going to take a bigger jump, right? And you kind of see these, see these guys taking that next step. Um, yeah. I talked about this on Friday's show with um, with with Nate. Okay, at some point, Ellie De La Cruz is probably looking at film like, okay, where did things go wrong? And a lot of that was obviously, look, I played way more professional baseball than I ever have in my life. I got mm-hmm. tired. Okay, how do I work to get stronger and stay, stay more consistent through a season? I would suspect that with someone that talented, yeah, he's going to look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer Steer, okay, now he had offseason to work about work in left field. So how much better are you going to be there? Because that's that's where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that do? And then I just don't, I don't know where you guys are and I'll get your thoughts on this before we move to move, move on. Um, we really only have a few topics today since it's our first show back, but I want to talk about everything. Um, I think Tyler Stevens is going to be good next year. I mm-hmm. think last year was just a really tough year coming back from everything he dealt with in 21. Uh, I mean, in 22, because 21, I think is who he is. I think that mm-hmm. year, shows that's that's the guy who he is maybe not defensively maybe defensively he does we just know what he is forever and that's what we've seen these, these years that he's been the catcher number one but i can't imagine he's going to have another year like he had last season where he is healthy he has an offseason where he can fully work out and be consistent and in, in his in his training so i think that i feel the word i use is cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. and i think that i'm okay with feeling the way i feel yeah, I, 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 the biggest thing I think that you bring up in all that is off season. Like, I, I think that, you know, all those guys are professionals, and I get that. And all those guys are are professional baseball players. They were in the minor leagues. They did all the things to get them there to where they were. But it, you see it in every sport. It doesn't matter if it's football. It doesn't matter if it's basketball. There is a huge adjustment from being in the minors to being in the show. I mean, that's it's just just is it is. I mean, it's it's a huge adjustment. We had so many guys that got their first plate appearances in the show on the Reds, got their first opportunity being in the majors on a major stage, doing you know playing day in day out. I I, I think when you take an off season, you're able to truly grind for a major league baseball schedule and truly understand where you fell short get with your guys. What do I need to do? I think all of those guys will benefit from that, from your McLeans to your De La Cruz's to your steers. I think Tyler Stevenson, I, I agree with you, Tim. It is, it is incredibly hard to play a professional sport coming off. An injury. I don't care how long it is. It is really hard to come back to the level you were with that, within that year. So he got hurt in 22, 23 is, is going to be a year where he's going to struggle because your body's just not used to that yet. He needs a full year to get back. So 24, I think will be a better year for him. 
I felt the same thing about Hunter Green. Hunter Green came back, but I don't ever feel like Hunter Green was Hunter Green until those last few starts where he was like, okay, I'm back to normal. It takes time for guys to come back from injuries because you're dealing with professional athletes. These are guys that are they have a conditioning and a mindset and a, and a way they go about things. And when you cut that short or you don't get the way to prepare that's the way you want to, it's different. So I think all those guys that we mentioned are going to take a year and they're going to, and they know they're the guy now. I mean, they know they're the guy. Ellie knows he's the guy now. Matt McClain knows he's the guy now. Steer knows he's the guy now. All these guys know that they're the guy now. So they can put that offseason work in, do what they're supposed to do, and be ready to come in and play a full 162-game season. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys, especially with the stuff about Tyler Stevenson. You know, these professional athletes, they, they need their bodies to be just at, at peak performance levels. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a runner. And I think of even minor injuries that have happened and how significantly that impacts my ability yeah. to run. Mm-hmm. And so then you think a professional athlete's, you know, needing to operate at an even higher level. And almost every year of his career, Tyler Stevenson has been one of the best hitters on the team up until last year. And I'm not saying he'll be the, the best hitter next year, but I do think it's reasonable to expect he's going to take a bounce back. So I, yeah. I totally agree there. Uh, a lot of these projection models too, because so many of these people were rookies, they assume there's going to be a lot yeah. of negative regression. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's exciting is a lot of these people, even if there is that negative regression that takes place, are projected to be above average players. And so if their floor, if they're, they're 50th, or excuse, not their floor, if their 50th percentile is an above average player, I think we can be really excited about 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. agree. So looking real quick at some of the comments, I'm just going to go through here real quick. One, if anyone sent the Pittsburgh Pirates jersey to my home, you will never be welcome in this chat ever again. Hey, Tim, here. Hey, listen, I've got one better for you. I have a, and you will never believe this, but I had a connection where somebody sent me a Pittsburgh Pirate Pokey Reese jersey. I have one signed in my closet. Okay, that's like that. that's the exception to the rule. It's Pokey. <laughs> You know that that we can we can we can be fine with. Uh, <laughs> that's a great great previous red. Oh, that's fine. yes. Yeah, <laughs> I have done the search multiple times to see if Pokey's consistently on social media to where I could send him a message to be on the show. Oh, dude. And it's always like, I think he has a Twitter account, but he hasn't updated since May kind of thing. Yeah, Like, son of a gun, because I would really love to have Pokey Reese on. Yeah. Um, if I could just do a series where I just interview everyone from the 99 team, I would be all over that. Uh, did yeah. you guys catch Seth Sainer's show that he did with uh, Eddie Dobbinsy? No, uh-uh. no, just launched it this week. First week of the podcast, he did an interview with Eddie Tobinsy, and they oh, talked wow. about the '99 team. Awesome, totally worth wow. your time if you if you haven't checked it out. Check it uh, out. Yeah, I love Eddie Tobinsy, so of course that was perfect for me. Um, let's see. So, Josh, I don't think Stevenson was 100 from the injury last year. Yeah, I completely agree. And then David saying you have to expect some regression from second year players. Stevenson and India need to have bounce back seasons to offset the regression that is sure to happen. Well, let's talk about that, actually. Um, so we talked about Stevenson quite a bit already and how we all kind of feel like this is going to be a good bounce back year. What is a good year for Jonathan India? Um, I don't know if we're looking at a situation where we're like, all right, yeah, so he's going to be 2021 Jonathan India again because I just don't know if the at-bats are there for him to be that again. Um, and then Sydney asked about Lodolo. I'll definitely touch on that as well. But now that it sounds seems more and more and more like he's going to be on the club. And we've talked about this all off season, obviously of, is he going to be here? Is he not going to be here? So 
let's get away from that part and just talk about, okay, at this point, he's a Cincinnati Red. What is his role? And I know everyone's going to say designated hitter, designated hitter, designated hitter. And sure, maybe. But, you know, there's the rumblings that him and Nick Crawl talked about him playing first base. There's been rumblings that, you know, people forever been like, well, could he play left field? And I don't know if that's a good idea either. That's very hard to learn the outfield from the infield. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Mike, where are you on 2024 Cincinnati Reds, Jonathan India? Yeah. So first off, I, as a big India fan, I, I'm really happy. He's still a Cincinnati Red. That, 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 that pumps me up a little bit. What we're seeing with a lot of these managers is the mixing and matching, uh, kind of like what Spencer Steer did this past year. And I think India is going to get regular playing time, but just in a very, very versatile role. And I, I'm going to take Nick Crawl at his word. Uh, so if he says India is going to play second base, first base, designated hitter, I think that's going to happen. Uh, I, I really question if he'll be good in the outfield. His arm strength numbers right. are, are pretty below average. Um, he, he's he's a gamer, so I, I'm not going to bet against him if they decide to put him out there. Uh, I don't. That's not what I would do necessarily. So I, I think that's going to be his role is more of that that super sub, kind of like what they tried or talked about doing with Nixon Zell, that they can move him around the field and have a really solid player uh, that that's starting at that position, give somebody else a day off or maybe somebody sick or, or it's a better matchup. Uh, that's that's the way I think they're going to use India. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I think that he'll be a mix and match guy. He'll be a guy that'll be um, he'll give you a bats when somebody needs a day off. He'll give you a bats when somebody just wants to rotate around. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that he's a guy that he's he's got enough professional at bats uh, and enough uh, leadership qualities to be able to uh, benefit them in the clubhouse as well as um, being able to give you good at bats, quality at bats anytime he comes up to the plate. So, yeah, I, I think they'll just move him around some. Um, it'll be infield or DH. Like you guys said, I, I don't think he'll play any outfield, but you never know. <laughs> I, I'm with you guys. Um, and I think, too, Mike kind of made the point he's a gamer. I think he's read all this stuff, right? He's read being counted out. He's read that, you know, the fan base was like playing with the trade machine and trying to get him traded every way possible for whatever ace the Reds need at the top of the uh, top of the rotation. I think that's going to fuel him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because... You know, Ben, you've been around professional athletes. When they see stuff that, like, maybe they don't care about the clippings, mm -hmm. but they can still use it as motivation. And so I think this is going to be kind of an India thing. Oh, absolutely. Them, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, too. No, you know, absolutely, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, too, you know, he, he was okay last year. He was, he was, he was decent, yeah. not as good as his rookie year. I wonder how much some of the trade rumors impacted him. Obviously I, I haven't talked to him, so I, I don't know that. I right. don't know what, it, what it's like to be him. Maybe it didn't bother him at all. Uh, I just, if I put myself in his shoes, that, that would really bother me. If I was hearing rumors of, Hey, you know, Micah, your company is going to trade you. You're going to be going across town, blah, blah, blah. And that would, that would really bother me. And that would impact my performance. And mm -hmm. so I, it just makes me curious And this show of confidence in keeping him, are we going to see a bit of a bounce back, something more reminiscent to his rookie year? I'm just, just curious about that. Yeah, I am too. Um, okay. I know we've got the Lodola question. I do want to get to that, but now that we're just kind of going through all this, I just have one other one. What is a realistic expectation for Jose Barrero for 2024? Because he's out of options. 
and Nick Senzel's gone. So what, what is good for Jose Barrero? Is it just being on the big league roster all year? Is that the success for him? That's tough. It, it hurts because I've been a fan of his all throughout the minor leagues. Uh, Same. I, I want him to be super successful. Um, I just, I just haven't seen it. You know, some, some players are great for a players. I, I hope that he could be awesome at the big league level. I just haven't seen it. Uh, so yeah, if he's, if he's on the roster, uh, I'm going to assume that means he's productive and playing well, and I'm going to be happy for him for that. So Mike, I know this is your first time on the show, but we have a Barrera rule. I don't know how many more times I'm going to have to play that between one. I don't know how long he's going to be on the big league roster and two. Um, we're very close to being able to be monetized on YouTube. So yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. I agree though. Um, if you look at these, you know, you mentioned four a players, right? Stuart Fairchild prime example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Can he be as productive as Stuart Fairchild was last year? If he's that, I feel really good about him. Uh, if he's better than that, I feel great, but I don't know if that's promising. Cause look, you mentioned, if you see the guy in person, he's built like a tight end. Like mm-hmm. he looks like he's going to like run, like he's going to be playing with Joe Burrow next year. Um, and he looks like, you know, and I think we've seen the athleticism. Um, I mean, there's a reason they put him in center field. It wasn't just to get his bat in the lineup because we knew that wouldn't be helpful. Um, but I think that, he can definitely be he's gonna get a shot to be Stuart Fairchild this year. He's gonna get a shot to be Nick Senzel this year. Mm-hmm. Can he capitalize on that? Is gonna be the big question because yeah, he can play second base, he can play shortstop. Can he play second base? Did I make that up? I know he's played shortstop in the big leagues. I know he's played a little third base in some center field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to ever say like someone could just very easily just put him in this position and everything's gonna be fine mm-hmm. because that is very much not fair to these athletes like at Nick Senzel's career. Um, but I do, you know, he's, like I said, he's going to get the chance and I really hope he can make something happen with it because I want him to do well too. Of course I want him to succeed. He hits, absolutely. he hits bombs for miles. So. Yeah. I will say I've got a cool Jose Barrero memory where I was on a work trip to Atlanta and the Reds were in town and I got to see him hit this like light tower home run. Uh, and that was, that was really, really fun to see. So he'll, he'll always have a special place in my heart, even if just for that. Yeah, Nixon still had a home run on my birthday this year. That was pretty go. awesome. So it just furthered the leadership and the love I have for him as a player. <laughs> um, well, man, we have a lot. We have. I know 80 days is not as long as it sounds, but we are. Whew, we still have a lot of time to talk about baseball. Um, Sydney asks, what's realistic expectation for Nicoladella this year? And that is maybe the trickiest question of all the starters. Mm-hmm. Um. I talked about this again, not to kind of keep harping on what happened Friday, but I've been pretty open that I expect Hunter Green to have a great year. I think that he's going to take that next step. I think that this goes back to another thing we talked about earlier. He had an off season where he's healthy Mm -hmm. and we've seen these stretches with him where he is elite 
And I know that's a crazy word to use. I compared him to Jose Fernandez recently and just having that much talent. I think that that is possible. I think he might have more talent than Fernandez had. God rest his soul. Um, but I think that green's going to be great. You know, I suspect Ashcraft's going to have a really good year. You saw that at that stretch when he came off the IL, came back off the IL last year. He was really good for a month and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, whatever they decide to do with Nick Martinez. And I think, you know, I believe in Frankie Montas. So Lodolo, this is very fascinating because he's that lefty guy you need in the rotation. He's ideally the exact number two or three starter left-handed pitcher you need that you feel good about if, say, you're in a game three. The idea of Nick Lodolo is perfect. But you need Nick Lodolo to be on the mound. Um Obviously, we know he's not going to blow people away with 97, 98, 99 on the gun. But the way that he's so crafty with some of his with some of his off-feed stuff is so fantastic. So you obviously want that. Um, I've seen some people discuss the idea of him coming out of the bullpen. I think that's kind of silly. I can't imagine the Reds are up for that game plan if they don't have to be. Um, but what about where are you guys at? What do you suspect? Ben, I'll start with you from Lodolo for 2024. Uh, I... I think he's your I think he's your three four starter. Um he's a guy that he I mean, I think you've already mentioned it. He's pretty crafty. Um he, you know, when he was in there, when he was available, um, I loved his pitch selection and when he threw pitches. Um, I loved his location. Um and I know he's not gonna blow you away with a whole bunch of speed. Um, but but the way he was able to uh locate his pitches uh, the way I mean, he got ground, a lot of ground ball outs, did a lot of different things. So uh, I still think he's a starter. Um, I do too. But but um, yeah, I, I like Nick Lodola when he's healthy. I really mm-hmm. do. Yeah, if you look at the Fangraphs projections for the starting rotation, Lodolo projects as the most effective starter. He also projects as the fewest innings pitched, uh, and so it's it's really interesting. It's a conundrum because every stat of him as a pitcher says he is a excellent pitcher. He, he throws the ball really well. He's got good spin rate. Um, he's got good movement on his pitches. Um, what we don't have stats on is his body's ability to handle the workload of a starting pitcher. And so yeah. the question is, would you rather have Lodolo for 50 innings as a starter or 60 innings as a reliever potentially? I think you got to give him another chance to be a starter just because he is that talented that if his body can handle it, you got to give him that opportunity. Uh, but if he gets hurt again or, or gets uh, some some extended time on the injured list, may, might be a better way to say it, then then I think it might be time to have the bullpen conversations. Yeah. yeah. That's what Joey Gadisa kind of asked about Brandon Williamson. I like him as a second left in the pen. He can start to if need be. He could be real valuable. Yeah, I think he's a major league pitcher. Mm-hmm. I think he proved that last year, no matter what role they have him in. I, I mean, I love him. I thought that there's so many things I love about him. The fact that he attacked, he attacked batters. The fact that he did not take shit. If you talked about him on social media, respect that. Um, <laughs> specifically from newspaper writers. And I think that, you know, he's a guy that, and I want to keep talking about Lodolo, obviously, but I just thought to bring him Williamson in. Um, I could definitely see him come out of the pen. Mm-hmm. especially if it comes to like a too many stars thing. If Nick Martinez gets starts and is really, really good, then yeah, I can totally see him being that's the other lefty in the pen. Yeah. Well, and Williamson, does he make the team better? 
you know, do you, would you rather have him as a depth piece in AAA or does having him on the active roster make the team better? And it makes the team better. And if yeah. you're going for the playoffs, you want the best team possible. That's the way I see it. Um, so, the, yeah, I, I say I say start him on the team in, in the bullpen. He could be one of the first guys out if there is an injury and, and uh, be yeah. really good as a starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, if anyone wants to ask about any other players we project, we have, we're have going to move to the next topic real quick, but I'm, I, I love this. I appreciate everyone bringing your questions in, and we'll answer them for sure. Uh, we got about a half hour left of time. Uh, but I do actually, funny enough, we were talking about player evaluations, and the one I really want to talk about today is uh, my favorite of the core from last year, and that's Maddie McLean. And this is one that's fascinating to me because – I think everyone's kind of coming out immediately and saying, well, he's going to regress. He was way too good as rookie year. He's going to regress. And maybe, maybe, very strong possibility. Uh, But this is a guy last year who made the all-rookie team, which I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. I had no idea baseball had that till recently. Um, I think we discussed that. Like, We brought it up (laughs) one time. I was like, they got an all-rookie team? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, okay. and had a fantastic year last year. Didn't finish the season with that injury at the end of the year. Uh, tried to come back and then, of course, had that setback to where he didn't finish the season. But was absolutely tremendous last year. Was definitely the best of the rookie core when he was on the field. And so, of course, a lot of people kind of see the second-year thing. And, and David brought it up earlier. you got to expect regression a little bit from these second-year guys who are going to have film for them. But, and kind of further the point we made earlier, Matt McLean was injured going into the offseason. So how does he mm-hmm. how does he capitalize and recover recover from that? Is he good to go for spring training? I haven't heard anything otherwise. So I'm gonna go and say yes, he is. Um, but it seems like a lot of people kind of suspect if he's gonna be the guy to regress. And that might just be because he was the best of the group, you know, day in, day out. I don't know if I suspect that he's gonna regress. And here's my thought process on it. Um his swing is exactly what you want from a guy in his role, from his his height, his stature. I think defensively he is absolutely awesome. And he's shown, well, maybe awesome's probably overselling it, but really good. I get kind of hyped when I talk about Matt McClain, guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and I know that he struggled for a year there in the minors before he re- things really clicked for him, uh, before he got called up for the Reds this year. But I just can't see a situation where he, his batting average of balls in play drops 25 points that seems silly to me mm-hmm. what makes me a little nervous about McLean is his strikeout rate wasn't great you know I know we we harp on Ellie de la Cruz a lot for his strikeout rate sure. um, McLean's wasn't a ton better mm-hmm. um, but what's great is it you know you saw the fan graphs projection if he hits that projection perfectly that's an excellent well above average player uh, and so that's what excites me about him is, hey, even if this regression happens, we still have a very, very good second baseman. Uh, if the regression does not happen, we have an MVP candidate. You know, he's he's excellent. Uh, so I think McLean's a very exciting player. Like I said, even if the regression happens, I think he'll be above average and uh, is going to be a great contributor to the team. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, 255 seems low. I, I, I mean... It just seems low to me, even though batting average really, I guess, is a mute point anymore. <laughs> I mean, but that seems low to me. But I, I don't know. I, I just think that the guy, I mean, he's, I mean, I know he struggled a little bit when he first got to the minors, but 
but I I think he's too good of a baseball player to to you know have that much of a regression. I I I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm crazy, but I'm like I I just when you watch him play, you watch him hit baseballs. Um, his strikeout rate is high, and I, yeah, and it was high. But I'm like, when you watch him hit baseballs and you watch the things he's able to do on the field, I just can't see that that much of a fall off. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's baseball. I, I mean, you just don't know. Right. But mm-hmm. like, I just think that he's a really good baseball player. He's great. Um, and and like you said, you brought up a great point, Mike. Like. If he hits, if he hits what the fan graphs fan graph says, then he's going to be a good player. But if he's anything above that, what we saw, like, yeah, he's he's challenging for an MVP. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's that good. So I, I don't know. I I think that he's I think he's going to be I think he's going to be not that low, but there may be somewhere in the middle where he falls. Mm-hmm. I need him to be really, really good because I want the Reds to be good. But I need yeah. Ellie to be better because in my fantasy yes. baseball league, yep. trade him for Ellie. Believe me, I get that conversation very much. And, and I traded McLean to my dad. So if Ellie is the better player next year, I be I won against my dad. So there you yeah. go. I need there you Ellie go. to be the better player. <laughs> is there – I mean, honestly, though, like, and this, this I guess, is just a question in general. Like – and we've got a long time to talk about all yeah. this stuff, but eighty days, but, Michael, eighty days plus. But like, uh, I, I would assume that Ellie is going to be better, like this coming season. Um, but you know, I I think that his projections. I don't. I didn't like. I said I didn't look at his projections or anything like that. But I would just assume that he's going to be better with with all the things that he's going to be able to do in the off season and. Mm-hmm. And things like that. I, I think that he'll be. I think he'll be. I do too. Top notch. Yeah. yeah he's he's so talented. He's figured it out at every level. Uh, yeah. If I was going to you know bet money on one of these these players to outperform their projections, Ellie's the guy I'd put the money on, just because he's shown it all throughout the minor league. So I I, I think yeah. he's he's going to put it all together. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, I just think that uh, I think the big thing for me for LA Daily Cruz the mostly is the mental portion of it. Um, I do think you know you mentioned Mike; he always figures it out at every mm-hmm. level. Um, I also think that a lot of his errors might have been just him maybe taking the offensive struggles with him to the bo- to the to the field. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to kind of move from those because a lot of those errors were just you know simple plays where he overran a bounce ball or mm-hmm. he didn't have the you know the the switch from the from glove to glove the throwing hand. I think he's going to get through those. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the, that's kind of, and you see this happen in baseball all the time. Um, so I, I completely agree with that. A um, couple comments real quick. So David actually said, um, you can also expect him to adjust and be pitching be better than the best in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Ellie De La Cruz's ceiling is hit, he's the best player in baseball. If he's mm-hmm. like just under a ceiling, he probably is still an MVP. Um, right. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is this? What is he if he doesn't hit a ceiling and he's just very, very like right underneath it? Is he Julio Rodriguez? Like, yeah, I'll take Julio Rodriguez playing in the infield. I'll live with that. Yeah. Um, is he? But yeah, I think that that's kind of the thing for sure. Um, seems like everyone seems to agree with what Ben's saying on Matt McClain, us included. So um, I don't know. I think my if I had a, I don't like to like 
bet on guys that I'd be good, obviously, or at regress. I feel like that's the opposite of being a fan. And we're positive people here at the riverfront now. Yes. Yeah. The billboard, the billboard changed everything. I don't know if you guys heard or not, Um, (laughs) man, we still get shit for that stuff. (laughs) I wasn't even here. Um, But I kind of feel like steer is my most likely to regress, but I still think he's above average. I still think he's really, really good. Um, I just think with his power, it's going to be fine, but just kind of learning a whole new position. You got to play all year. It's mm-hmm. going to be really, really tricky. Yeah. I know Fangraphs is projecting him to to regress a little bit too, but it, it's a very similar story to McLean. It, if yeah. he does regress and just hits projections, he's still an above average player. Uh, and if he outperforms those, you're looking at a guy that could be an all-star. So that's what's so exciting about this team is there's all around, you can see guys that, yeah, he could regress, but he's still going to be really good. And then there's other people like Ellie that you, you can look at like, hey, this could be a legitimate top, player in baseball as soon as next season. So I, I'm, I'm super pumped for this year. Me too. Um, Sydney asked about Andrew Abbott. I don't want to necessarily dive too far into it because Mike has a uh, thing he's going to present here in a little bit that I want to make sure we get to, to talk about just kind of some of the stuff he put together also from the article that we've mentioned throughout the show. Uh, but Joey Gaditza, our good friend hey. from up north, says Friedel gets me fired up too. Does he get enough love? Absolutely not. He absolutely does not get enough love. Um, the fact that he was not even a, a finalist for a gold glove in center field last year mm-hmm. was ridiculous. And I know everyone's like the bunt hits. Yeah. The bunt hits are great, but I just like the way that he can work a count. Mm-hmm. I like that he has shown the ability to wherever he hits in the lineup, he can be effective. I like that. He has shown the ability. He can hit left-handed pitching and right-handed pitching at times. Um, I don't care if he's a 23, 24 home run guy. I think everything he brings to the table, I'm all for. Mm-hmm. And he's such a great story too, and yeah, uh, he's so easy to root for. You know, I mean, you know, I, I obviously love stats and, and numbers, uh, but you know, like like that movie quote, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball, and you see the way he plays and just that grit. It's it's mm-hmm. hard not to cheer for him. He's he's one of my favorite players on the team right now for for that reason. My only flaw with him is he's a Steelers fan. Oh man, why did you have to? Okay, you know what? Forget it. Forget everything I said. Take him off the list. Take him off the Take list. Take him off the list. Yeah. We are positive <laughs> about everything at the River Fund, except for the city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, uh, final thing before we get out of here, and please keep these questions going. Uh, if, you know, I know Michael, Mike's happy to answer the ones that we have about this. So, uh, you had made a slide that we mm-hmm. unfortunately could not get into my presentation today. Um, so if you don't mind, do you mind sharing that and you can kind of just go into the discussion of what mm-hmm. you're, what you're, what's, what's we're seeing on this. Yeah. Give me one second. I got to figure what, out how to share the screen again. We found out during this time that Ben does amazing karaoke. Um, so if you can please just dive Ben into friends in low places while Mike gets this loaded, I really appreciate right. it. <laughs> yes. I got you. Awesome. You can see it. There we go. Yeah. There okay. we go. So this is something that I put together just to look at, you know, should the Reds be done? I know they've, they've talked about we are done and, and should they be done? And I, I wanted to look at just innings pitched. And so if we assume no extra inning games happen, uh, which I know extra innings are going to happen, but if we just assume that, that none of them are going to happen, there's a certain number of innings that, that will have to be pitched. And if you look at the Fangraphs projections for 
the number of innings for each pitcher, what you see is the, the main five, Graham Ashcraft, Green, Frankie Montas, Andrew Abbott, Nick Lodolo, uh, are only projected to cover enough innings for 80 games. So that's less than half of the season. So that means the other half of the season is going to have to be covered by the bullpen arms, um, the uh, the uh, like Brandon Williamson's, you know, the the starting pitching depth. Uh, and I, I looked at all the people that I thought would be at the big league roster, and that still only covers seventy seven games. So five games, so five innings worth of games is a better way to say it are going to be covered by these players that are going to be on the taxi squad going up and down the Daniel Duarte's of the world. Uh, and so I look at that and I think, you know, we, we missed out on the playoffs by just a couple games. Mm-hmm. Do we really want five innings or five games worth of innings being pitched by these taxi squad players? Uh, for me, I'm like, no, I, I want to get every win that we possibly can. I want the best team on the field. And so uh, I would love to see the Reds sign uh, one more starting pitcher. He doesn't need to be an ace, just somebody that's going to be above average and pitch a lot of innings. Yeah. Uh, I looked at the existing free agents that are out there. Uh, Jordan Montgomery uh, is one. He's probably way outside of our price range at this point, but he's projecting for for close to 200 innings pitched. Marcus Stroman would be another one that would be really interesting. Uh, that if that move happened, that would give me a lot more confidence in this team, uh, because like I said, there's a high ceiling here. You can look at those five starting pitcher names and see a universe where we have the best starting pitching rotation in Major League Baseball next year. But you could also see a universe where uh, it's it's really bad. Graham Ashcraft has had extended injury problems. Hunter Green's missed extended time. Uh, Frankie Montas is injury prone. Nick Lodolo is injury prone. And, and Andrew, Andrew Abbott, we've only seen him in a limited sample size. So there's a universe out there where Andrew Abbott's the only guy on this list and we're having to replace him with, with people that we'd rather have in the bullpen or AAA as, as depth pieces. So that's why I, I would really feel more comfortable about saying we're definitely making the playoffs if we could get just one more starting pitcher. Uh, again, doesn't need to be an ace, just someone that's going to eat up those innings so that we're not needing five uh, five games worth of innings being pitched by these taxi squad players. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah, because that's – hey, Pat. <laughs> that's bad. Um, um, but, no, that's incredible because, like we said, our, our run to the playoffs went to the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, that's five games worth of pitching. If those are five wins and not five losses – Right. Then you're in and not out. That's that's incredible. Right. That's incredible. Yeah, that that would be that. Yeah, that that makes a whole lot of sense. And and, and one of the things that I don't see, I think, enough fans talking about is the impact that this has on the bullpen. So our bullpen was clearly Mm -hmm. gassed by the end of the Mm -hmm. year. And, And people would say like, well, you know, we won so many of Luke Weaver's starts. You know, we didn't need another pitcher. But what we don't have metrics to quantify is what, what is the exact impact of the bullpen where they're, they're having to come in in the fourth inning or the third inning every five days and and pitch these extended games. And then Mm -hmm. having to do bullpen days because you don't trust the starter or the starter got hurt. Uh, And would that have been worth two more wins? Maybe if we get two more wins, are we in the playoffs last year? Like very likely. So that's for me, it's, it's when, when you're talking about a team making the playoffs, you want to make the margin for error as small as possible. 
Uh, and when I look at our, our main five, again, could be the best five in all of baseball. And I'd, I'd love for that to happen. It, there could be a universe where four of those five are all hurt at the same time. Uh, so that's, that's why I, I, I just feel more comfortable with another starter in that, that group. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. And I, I appreciate you showing that graphic. That's what I really wanted to get to. Um, so Sydney just brought the news into Oscar Hernandez. just time of the Dodgers. Of course he did. Yeah. Of course he did. One year, 23 and a half mil. Of course Dude, he did. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, you can't have every freaking free agent. Like, what the hell? Apparently heck? they can. Apparently like, what the heck? Like, it, like it I mean, I know, Magic, so I, know, I, mean I know Magic Johnson got money, but dang. Like, come on. But it somebody makes else so can. much more like, sweet when they inevitably don't win the World Series, though. It will be. I know. <laughs> I was telling someone earlier, he's like, Juan Soto went to the Yankees and Otani went to the Dodgers. I'm like, and only one of them can win the World Series. That's right. Yep. Yep. And you know what? You know what baseball really needs is one more Yankees Dodgers World Series. It's just what they need. That's right. Yeah. Said, um, said nobody ever. Yeah. Pat <laughs> says, uh, "Currently eating chocolate chip ice cream. Life is good." Pat, we need the brand. You can't just come in here and say you're eating ice cream. We need to know what brand. It's a very important conversation. That is. Um, David says most market market teams will have the same issue with covering innings. I don't think that's necessarily the issue here that Mike's saying, because yeah, that's very likely, but um, I think that it's, you know, this is all about comfortability. And like, like you said, like lessening that error, mm -hmm. uh, that, that margin for error. So I am all for that. Um, I don't necessarily hate this idea. Um, that's why Williamson and Phillips should be in AAA if they don't make the rotation. We need to stretch out and ready versus the bullpen. Sure. But like, you know, I talked about earlier with Brandon Williamson. I think that he should be on the big league roster, no matter what role it is. Am I going to be mad if they say, hey, we're going to keep you in Louisville to start and kind of keep stretched out? I'm fine with that, too. Um, I just think that he has earned the right to at least mm -hmm. break camp on the big league roster in some sort of some sort of form. Um, private selection from Kroger. OK, Pat, we can get down with that. Absolutely. And Sydney says, of course, looking forward to the Dodgers to losing to us in the playoffs. Right. I'm I'm all for yes. that. Yes, Indeed. Yeah, this is a kind of, I mean, so this is, there's a lot to kind of go through here. I think we kind of covered on a lot of things. Um, before we get out of here, I got to make sure I get a couple things out of there because I completely forgot. One, this obviously would not be possible without our Patreon family. Thank you guys so much who help us out with this. It's definitely appreciated. Two, if you are watching us on YouTube for the first time, please hit the subscribe button so I can finally get these guys some money. Um, that'd be really, really nice. And three, I'm so happy that we're back talking Reds baseball. Three weeks was way too long. Man. And yeah. I'm so happy to have Ben back. Uh, Mike, this was great. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today and kind of giving us some some context on the article and your thoughts on the team going into this year and also being a Patreon subscriber. So yeah, you know, thanks for having me. This was tons of fun. I love talking baseball. Uh, can't wait for opening day. Absolutely. We'll be back, as always, to our regular Sunday, except for the Super Bowl. We're That would be dumb. So we won't do that to anybody. Yeah. Or ourselves. Yeah. Will, yeah. Um, but other than that, <laughs> on behalf of Ben Brown, I'm Tim Daniel. See you all again next Sunday night. Take it easy, everyone.